this is about. He's everything that this is about. For one month. Snacks of a most unique and often disturbing nature. It unites the whole country. Don't mess it up. It's too damn good. It's too damn good. And you are back in the crayon box with the dull crayons. We are recording live from the Mendel Student Studios. I'm your host, Gabriel Zuger, along with co-host... Oh, I'm Julian. And... Swimming from the Bronx. And we are bringing you yet another quadrant in the snack bracket. This is the confection quadrant. That's right, the sweets, folks. We are going to dessert town here, um, a.k.a. Sugar City. And we are starting it off with a banger. This is, once again, the first round. Round one, fight. Joined by our correspondents, wife of the pod, Pauline, dog of the pod, Tig. And we are going to jump right in with the Pop-Tart region. This is a sick area. Again, first round is Majority rules voting by the panel only, the Dull Boys. This is going to be limited edition Dunkin' Donuts uh, Frosted Chocolate Mocha Pop-Tart against limited edition caramel app, Frosted Caramel Apple Pop-Tart. Um, who comes out of this one? Just blind, blind, no taste whatsoever. Chocolate mocha. Chocolate mocha. What are you thinking, Tony? Not me. I'm walking out of here with type 2 diabetes after all this. Are you kidding me? See? So already we've got contention. This is going to be really, really big, folks. Stay tuned. We now go to the first tasting of mocha chocolate. Breaking off the big bites here. Big flavor. I always forget you're supposed to toast pop out. That's where the pop comes from. Pops out of the toaster is that where the pop comes from i'm assuming i haven't read anything i think that's good i like it i'm with you there it might be an apocryphal etymology well if anything it makes sense um while we're analyzing the flavor profile i want to read from wife of the pod pauline's notes here uh once again we we do not discuss where or how she procured these items or uh from whence she tasted them. She writes, Chocolate mocha Pop-Tart. That looks like jizz on a cracker. I kind of like it. The coffee flavor works for me. It's not too sweet. Not too sweet, for those of you who uh, are unfamiliar, is actually a gold medal blue ribbon review from Wife of the Pod, Pauline. Um, I'm not sure how jizz on a cracker affects her, but... Uh, well, apparently she likes it. He's just looking three, chucks one up. It's good! That, that wasn't what you were looking for, the uh, fadeaway three there. Oh, no, 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 I was looking for that. I was looking for that, I'm not gonna lie to you. Apparently she likes it. Uh, a fan uh, thus far, surprisingly so. Uh, Julian, your thoughts? I'd say it looks more like bukake on a wasa cracker. Wish I hadn't swallowed it all. Wow. Jeez. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it does have a little bit of coffee taste in it, which is nice. Um, it's, as a person who doesn't eat that many Pop-Tarts, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I give it two thumbs, one cup. 
Yeah, I'm go. I, I'm good on chocolate mocha pop tart. Excellent. We now go to the caramel apple pop tart, and as did, did Tony mentioned, Tony not get a chance to weigh in on the. I don't drink coffee, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Not a coffee drinker. Tony's going for the straight diabetes here. A fan, as I recall, of the uh, the apple pies bought from the deli store. Yeah, when they ran out, we went to McDonald's and bought the apple pie. You know, bought the works. warm apple pie. Yeah. Right? I was a tabletop kid. Gotta go with the tabletop apple pie, sweet potato. I didn't grow up in the city, so we used to just steal hot apple pies off the sill of our <laughs> neighbors' houses. <laughs> just. Floating over by scent alone. As I can I see the burn marks in your fingertips. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Hopefully He's got a history of it. Yeah. Always buying gingham and things like that. A history Going of... Going to the fishing hole. History of crimes and middle class misdemeanors. What are uh, initial you... thoughts on apple? Apple pie here? It tastes apple-y. Well, I wonder if it was heated up, though, like you said. Oh, yeah. Would it come out more? As, like, a little kid, we didn't have Pop-Tarts in the house, but, like, the few times I did try them at first, they were untoasted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, these are good, I guess, because they're sweet and kids like sweet things. And then I remember trying a toasted Pop-Tart, and I was like, oh, yeah, I understand why people like these. Yeah. Um, and I suspect I could have a similar revelation if we toasted one of these. Yeah. I, I, I feel like these are pretty subtle, but to me, aggressive jabs at the fact that I didn't toast your fucking Pop-Tarts for you. So you can... I mean... I'm not, it's not like we expect you to do for us. We're just saying that we're reviewing it based off of a... You know, in the mode you wouldn't normally eat it. Uh, like, I don't know, if we were having... A, is kosher chicken, butchered chicken, better than uh, free-range chicken? We wouldn't be sitting here eating raw chicken. <laughs> I see. You're equating you're equating a raw Pop-Tart to raw chicken. They're both raw, and that's not how you're supposed to eat them. And one will give you salmonella, and the other one will... Give you diabetes. Exactly. So, thoughts, winner, 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 chicken dinner, raw chicken dinner here, I go mocha. I actually go apple. I didn't think I would, but it feels truer to the flavor. Tony, you are the tie-breaking vote, the decider here. Yeah. I'm going mocha. I want to see where the semen can take Pauline and the rest of us on this magical trip here. The, uh, I wonder the, what else will look like semen down the road. Yeah. The bukkake-flavored Wasacracker yeah. moves on. Mocha wins, uh, taking us to the second round. Oh, I think we should have <clears> pointed <throat> out that, like, the other one looks like doo-doo butter on a Wasa cracker. It does, but also almost almost with a, a Joker smile to it, because it's got this, this wave of neon green. Oh, I figured that was just grass. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's grass in the doo-doo, I see. Yeah. This, is, this is dog Hope feces here, yep. Uh, so we now take you to the uh, second contest in the uh, confection category, which is the Chips Ahoy region. Uh, coming to you now, S'mores A Chips Ahoy. people. <laughs> Chips Ahoy! 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 It's for the longshoremen. Yeah. S'mores Chips Ahoy against Cinnamon Donut Chips Ahoy. Now, I- I've got to say, on first blush... 
Um, there's a slight advantage already to the S'mores Chips Ahoy in that they are filled. There's an actual filling inside of chocolate. Uh, Do you remember Stuffed you... Crust Pizza? Right. This is the Stuffed Crust Pizza of Chips Ahoy <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. I think maybe if I was a kid I would like it. Uh, just in the sense of it, they've obviously worked hard to stuff a lot of sweet stuff into a small area. You're never too old. I get, I get that they went a long way to put chocolate inside of it. Um, it's not as much chocolate as is advertised on the on the packaging. However, that's always the case. However, all I'm get that's true. It's always uh, you know uh, presented you know larger than 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 actual um, object and mirror are closer than they appear. However, uh, all I all I really get is chocolate. I'm not getting marshmallow flavor. And also, if you're going to say s'mores, a defining quality of a s'more is your graham cracker crust, right? It's the graham cracker breading. And I don't taste any graham flavor whatsoever. It's just a Chips Ahoy with more chocolate, it seems. Uh, so we now try the cinnamon donut Chips Ahoy. And I'll say it. I'm surprised, but it's, it's a winner. It's cinnamony. I like cinnamon. It tastes just like a motherfucking cinnamon donut. It even has the granular texture of a cinnamon donut, which often has like a you know a, a sugary coating to it. And it has a very cookie doughish thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. Tone. No, I'm not a big cinnamon guy. I really like this though. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I agree uh, with you. It has that. It has a good bite to it. It. If you had given it to me and told me it wasn't chips away, I would, I'd be like, yeah, this tastes like a cookie that, you know. Well, let me ask you, what, what Wrigley's gum did you chew as a kid? I were mean, you a Juicy Fruit man, a uh, Spearmint, a uh, regular Double Mint, or were you a Big Red? You know, I was not a Big Red. I used to take, you know, because... That's it, lunacy. It, it, With it, it Big used to Red! It's a quarter, right? You used to pay, get your quarter out. And I used to go get the Winter Fresh. God, the day, the day that fucking Wrigley's gum... Went to thirty five cents. Oh, yeah. Was a crime, a treasonous crime against and the day they started Americans. playing night games at Wrigley Field. <laughs> I won't even go into that motherfucker. Um, I so, actually, I don't have strong opinions about that, but I do think that's the thing f- people famously are upset about. Well, Is that right? Night, night games, games at Wrigley? Well, yeah. like, Wrigley Field was the longest holdout about putting I'm lights. Putting night games, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. I had no idea. Wow. Uh, baseball, slow to change in every regard. And famously also... Still hasn't integrated. <laughs> they're not the first to integrate. That is a myth out there. Uh, and you're correct, Julian. They still haven't fully integrated. Uh, so if, if I'm not mistaken, that is uh, cinnamon donut cinnamon. All cookie all the way. Might be the best thing we've had. Three for three. I, I won't well, deny it. in the sweets category. For sure. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, that there brings... might be some chips and stuff that I'd, I'd put up against it. Oh, well, let's put up a fight. <laughs> you want to see Pocky against the cinnamon donut, Jillian? I would put the cinnamon donut on a Pocky. Ooh. That could be interesting. That could bring out some flavors. Uh-oh, we might have to get very creative in the final four. Uh, there might be some duets, if you will. 
We now go to the Oreo section. Uh, this is another cinnamon, but I, I will acknowledge it's a, it's a different cinnamon than cinnamon donut. This is hot and spicy cinnamon Oreo. Like a Big Red. Like a Big Red. I'm assuming this will t- Not that Big Red was spicy, but I think in the world of, like, confections marketing, Big Red is hot and spicy cinnamon. I think you're going to find this is, this is much more along the candy flavor of cinnamon, like Fireball or for those adults out there, Fireball brand whiskey. Um, yep, that's what it tastes like. And Big Red. Yep. Um, it's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I, I wanted to like it more, but I don't. I wish that there had been a, a more harmonious balance between the chocolate and the cinnamon, but I find that they, they almost don't work together at all. Like I, uh, I'm overwhelmed by the cinnamon I like chocolate flavor. With a little cinnamon in it. Chocolate with a little cinnamon. That's exactly what I'm saying, and I, I wish that they had worked together in that way. But again, Ooh, because this is big a, red. What about a chili Oreo? <laughs> like chocolate. a chili Oreo sounds delicious. Like a Mexican chili Oreo sounds great. Like a mole, of yeah. course. Oh, like Mexican Coke. <laughs> it's so good with the real sugar. <laughs> It's a glass bottle. That's not what I meant. Oh my god, glass. So nice. Not this plastic garbage. Yeah. America is made of plastic. It's terrible. But because this is the fireball kind of chili, it's like imagining eating, or cinnamon, it's like imagining eating a fireball with chocolate on the inside, like as a truffle. It's just, or on the outside, whatever the fucking case. Doesn't matter where the chocolate is. You mean fireball the candy? Fireball the candy, yes. It just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. Tony, thoughts? You know, Oreo prides itself on being made always with real cocoa, but... Is that a thing? It's the cream that's doing it for me that I just, it tastes so artificial. Come on, keep up with the times. <laughs> yeah, that cream, it's... Um, it doesn't sit with well with me at all. It, it, I don't get hot, I don't get spicy, I don't even get really much cinnamon on this, to be honest with you. It doesn't do it for me. From, from Pauline's notes on the Oreo... Uh, she she smelled it and she she shook her damn head, you know. S H D H. Um I I hate this candy cinnamon flavor. I hate the spice, uh but but I like the spice, sorry, but don't like the fireball flavor. It doesn't taste as bad as it smells. Um when pressed about the cinnamon and chocolate combo, she had no comment. Can I just comment real quickly? You know, we, we talked about this before. I've told you a story about one of my students, former students, many, many moons ago. It tastes better than it smells. Yep. Remember that one time I told you one of my students... Tried oh, we're talking about poop? Yeah, he tried oh, his own we're shit. talking about poop. He tried his own shit. He actually tried his own shit and said, don't worry, it tastes better than it smells. So when I hear your wife saying... It tastes better than smells. Is that what am I listening? To oh yes, that? absolutely, a hundred percent. I'm good. This is gonna be this is gonna be a big big. It miss. it sounds yeah it sounds like a whiff and a miss yeah. here. And Colleen though tries to eat some poop. Game oh, just hits her on the nose with a newspaper. You like semen? Down girl, down. So we now move on to the limited edition, and you know that gets my goose cooked already. Limited edition apple pie Oreo. Now this, unlike a traditional Oreo, it does not have. A chocolate, or as Tony mentioned, an always cocoa cookie crust. 
In fact, this is the the tan variety, it's which a gram. Looks like a it, gram it definitely gram. indicates a gram flavor. Perhaps like a graham cracker crust uh, associated with a apple pie. Although I don't associate those together. Um, better than the cinnamon? <laughs> but like, not by <laughs> to a lot. To say something. Um, I don't know. The apple cream is weird. It's so weird. It is really strange. It's like incredibly artificially sweet and just... I've eaten every single cookie as in its entirety, and this is one I'm going to pass up and say I'm not eating in its entirety. I can't. I mean, having having just eaten the apple, the caramel apple Pop-Tart just minutes before... Which is filled with so much real apple. <laughs> this, is, this is so startlingly different. Yeah. I, I, you still get the artificial apple, but it's, it's almost deeper. There's a deeper flavor there that, that goes beyond artificial apple. I'm very off put by this. Um, you know, I though I could see if you had two thirds less icing on this. Could help. I you see. Mine, mine's squirting out. I yeah. barely even gripped it. It could be. It could be all right if it was just like a hint of that apple icing. Four gram, I think I would be apple, fine. Yeah. Whereas, like with the cinnamon one, even if it was just a hint of it, it would just be weird. Well, and I, I, I think that's that's a common that's a common theme with apple pies themselves, right? And and with I think fruit filled pies. Oh, for me, is I always that, want more filling. Oh, see, I always want more crust because crust is is the definition of a well baked pie, right? Anybody can sort of make you know well, goopy sugary mix. Well, you can't just bake a bunch of crust. Yes, but, you can. But you could bake a bunch of crust and separately bake or make a bunch of cooked down apple. In fact, Gabe, I'm decomposed, decomposed apple pie. I love it. That's you still made... not the right word. Are we back Fuck, to what's the right word? Deconstructed. Oh, deconstructed apple pie. I love it. You dip the crust inside the apple. Works for me. Uh, who, who's voting? Well, you basically, you want a strudel. You want a little bit of apple inside a bunch of pastry dough. I'm sorry, what, what is strudel? What is this? You've never had an apple strudel? Apple strudel. Oh, we've got to stop. We've got to stop the recording here. I've got to go out and get some apple strudel, whatever this is. But before we go, what what are your weigh-ins on Oreo cinnamon Oreo apple apple pie Oreo? I I think I think out of the two of them, I'm gonna vote for the apple pie, but not because I want to eat any more of the apple pie. Tony. Yeah, apple pie, and it's not good. I don't want to eat either of them. I'm abstaining. Having heard two yay votes for apple pie, I have to abstain. This is the worst fucking region we've been to yeah. yet. It is inedible. I don't think a single one of us have finished a single Oreo in either flavor. Uh, we need to move on. The south bracket is disappointing. Yeah, the South is weak. The South will not rise again. Uh, we now take you to... The uh, the cereal section of the bracket. This now, I'm is... excited about this. Uh, not so much because of the specific cereals, but I personally just like cereal. With or without milk? I mean, I eat it with milk, but, uh, you know. Fans of cereal on the show. Definitely fans of cereal. And, and again, we've got some new and some limited editions here. So... Limited editions. We do. We have limited edition. We have uh, limited edition Cocoa Puffs, which are coming to you in ice cream flavored scoops. 
So that's a reason, guys, to listen to the podcast right when it comes out, because you don't want to be three months from now and you can't get your cocoa poofs. That's right. Or ice cocoa puffs, ice cream scoops. I said cocoa poofs. If you're listening, if you're listening to the snack bracket in November and not March when it's hot off the presses, these things are gone, folks. What flavors are we dealing with here? So we're dealing with sort of a Neapolitan. Mm. It's a strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. Three different poofs, puffs, three different uh, flavors. Now, I have to admit to you, as a kid, I thought Neapolitan ice cream was Napoleon ice cream. And I thought it had something to do with Napoleon. <laughs> And, and as you should have thought, I mean, it, it's obviously much better as Napoleon ice cream. Also, it gives a face to the name and, you know, lets you know what you're expecting. It's a stupid ice cream because yeah. it just means that you're going to have strawberries sitting in your freezer for a very long time. It's also the ice cream of people who can't make a fucking decision. right? Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I, I mean... Really, just buy a pint of the right ice cream that you actually wanted instead of, like you said, something that you're only going to take a bite of, decide you hate, and leave it in the freezer collecting frostbite. So we're going to go to Cocoa Puffs Ice Cream Scoops against Apple Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now that's the new. So the limited edition first, Cocoa Puffs Ice Cream Scoops. Now, uh, folks at home should know... Tony from the Bronx is, is very excited about the ice cream scoops. Tell us why, Tony. Yeah, I mean, who, who doesn't like ice cream? I mean, you can have this at 9 a.m. and feel like you're eating an ice cream. I'm hoping for that, but I know for sure I'm going to be let down. Because last time I had ice cream and cereal together, didn't work out. Cookie Crisp was great. This, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. You know, it might be that I got a scoop that was... Uh more heavily weighted towards the strawberry mm. but to me it feels like the strawberry is definitely the strongest, strongest flavor. flavor in a way where it just tastes like bad strawberry cereal so again like oh like, by the way best strawberry cereal special k with red berries special k with red berries is fantastic everybody go out and get those freeze-dried strawberries and the freeze-dried berries turn into a dust <laughs> at, the bottom, at the bottom the dust at the yeah. bottom Turns your fingers red. It's brilliant. Um, so, fingers? Oh, I... You're I, digging for your cereal? I dig for dust. I dig for dust. We've established this. I'm a cherry picker. But wait, is this because you're eating cereal with your hand, or are you, like, digging for dust when you're pouring it into the bowl? I'd rather not say on the air, Julian. Um, but again, like like dealing with the Cheez-Its, the Duo's Cheez-Its, we have... We have different colors here. So you know which flavor you're getting with each bite. And having individually tried the, you know, vanilla-looking puff and the chocolate-looking puff, they have no flavor whatsoever. No. I think the milk no, they even them. vaguely taste uh, strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> I they're, yeah. They're all strawberries just masked. This is very misleading. They're so, bleached and it's dyed true strawberries. To Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> it's disappointing. It's all the worst of everything. Uh, we now go to apple cinnamon toast crunch. Um, this is stacking the deck a little bit in the favor of Tony from the Bronx, 
who is himself a devoted Cinnamon Toast Crunch fan. Uh, However, uh, we've already had two apple-flavored sweets on here, and they have not fared well against strong competition. Well, you know what I'll say? This is not as bad as the scoops. It's like, it's, it's not good, but it's, it's also not terrible. It would be a thing like, you saw this on someone's shelf, and you're like, oh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, that's exciting. And then, you realize, you pour it into the bowl, it looks a little different, you look at the box, you're like, oh, this is different. You're like, but whatever, I don't know, I trust the brand. You pour in the milk, and you're like... You know what? I wish I hadn't poured myself such a big bowl, but whatever. Maybe I can, like, eat just enough of it for it not to be fucked up for me to pour the rest out. Yeah. You know, I am a Cinnamon Toast Crunch fan. Golden Grahams fan. Fruity Pebbles guy back in the day, of course. I agree with you. It's just, it's a little too artificial for me, I guess, Mm -hmm. more than anything. I think that we've also come off of the apple pie, uh... Oreo shit, and we came off of the apple pie pop tart. Maybe it's maybe it's overwhelmingly apple for me, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't I, know. I I think Most for me to the scoops that sucked. So I think for me, as is as is so often the case, uh, though has not always been with the snack bracket. I I must defer to my wife's words on this one. She writes of the ice cream flavor cocoa puffs. Ew, I don't like it. I think the strawberry is what's making me sick. No, the vanilla. The vanilla tastes weird. I have to go with the apple cinnamon toast crunch on this one. Julian? Yeah. Uh, I'm the same, but not out of a place of excitement. Out of a place of wanting to keep these scoops from harming anyone else. <laughs> Thank God it's a limited edition. <laughs> limited run. Let's hope it couldn't, stays that way. Couldn't be short enough. Now, am I wrong in remembering that Cocoa Puffs had a chocolate and peanut butter? Edition, they uh, they may have had a chocolate and peanut butter. I remember edition those being fantastic. Yes. but I think I well, think it's a great combo. It is a great combo. And also, a like famous the, combo. The the peanut butter parts were like coated in almost like almost a real peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah, right. They yeah. they definitely were were themselves hotly contested by the Reese's Reese. cereal, which came out soon after that, I believe. Oh, Reese's has their own brand yeah. of yeah. chocolate and peanut butter puffs. Sure. Which, it's a hard corn game in the cereal market. I would there. actually say that Reese's cereal is one of the few cereals that is better dry than with milk. Wow. Wow. Boldly spoken. I know. With the milk, it gets soggy super quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's also like, I don't know, the way that it's like coated with flavor is much more enough. like a, a dry snacking thing. It's poppable. It's definitely poppable in your mouth. So palpable pops. So apple cinnamon Close moving it. on. That means in the second round we have advancing to the sweet second round the uh, chocolate mocha Dunkin' Donuts limited edition pop tart, the hot uh, sorry the apple pie Oreo. Wow, Ugh. stunner! The apple cinnamon toast crunch and the. Cinnamon Donut Chips Ahoy Chewy Cookie. What a shit round. Wow. Yeah, I was, I, to be honest, I not necessarily looking at the specific players in this round. I, though, was saying, like, oh, it's the single sweet round. It's going to stand out in a way 
that's gonna make it hard for all of these other savory rounds Absolutely. to compete. Like it, it just it's gonna be feel refreshing in a way that uh, is gonna give it an unfair advantage. But I can say decisively that uh, none of these snacks deserve to be here today. This no. this is a fucking they, dog whole, of a category. This whole quadrant is that Czech skier um, <laughs> who faked her way into the Winter Olympics. Uh, yeah. It just know, deserves to be blown off the map. These can't freestyle for shit. <laughs> nope. It's pencil jumps all the way. Uh, so that's going to do it for the first round of the sweets. Stay tuned for the second and third rounds coming later. You are in the crayon box. Uh, stay tuned. It's all happening. It's all happening right here, right now, as they say in Almost Famous. And you are on with the dull crayons. But we're not the dull boys this week. In fact, we're, we're the dull crew. We're the we're the two dull crew. You if could you, will. you could say the first woman's on the show. What well, we have the Gabriel. first woman, the first woman ever of the doll crayons. And I guess the box just got a little duller. Now. The box just got whoa, <laughs> no. whoa, double was... and triple innuendos there. <laughs> I don't know for those of you paying attention. <laughs> so we have Diana on. Hi, it's uh, Gabriel Zuger, your host as always, along with Diana. I'm right first here. First woman of the podcast. I'm. It's an honor. We're Clink. very excited. Clink. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. We're very excited to have you. And uh, you and I were just talking about crayons and the, the pronunciation of the word crayon. Yeah, so I... Um, I go back and forth. Me, me, me and Gabriel, we're obviously, if, you, if, you're, if you're unaware, we are both uh, teachers. Yes, we've in, worked in together. New York, in New York City. We have taught in the same school together. And... Um, I've been listening to this podcast since the beginning as an educator and someone that's interested in education, but every time I listen, he says crayons, or and and <laughs> Julian's is crayons, and I'm like it's crayons, and I'm literally folding my laundry or doing whatever menial task I'm doing on a Sunday afternoon in my home, listening to this podcast, and I'm like, God, can you just say crayons correctly? But I don't know. So I mean, I thought me, that was like a Philly thing, crayons. For me, for me, <laughs> at, at one point, I swear to God, Julian turned it from crayons into crazins somehow, and I'm not sure how he got there, but it was just like crayon, crayon, raisin. crayons, 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 it's I, crayons. For for me, I, I've been accused in the past of speaking too slowly. Like, if we want to go back to like the origins of the dullness of the dull crayons, okay, it, it really is coming from a, a place of insecurity about my own like pacing and the way that I, I talk. Make, and I don't make sense when I talk. So <laughs> please, this is going to be the please. best podcast ever. Keep listening. Stay tuned. It can only go up from here. But so for me, there's, there's always been an effort, at least in recent times to speak faster, especially hosting my own podcast. Right. To like get the point out and just, you know, get it across. And sure. If people sure, hear it, they sure. hear it. I mean, you know, you should hear the way I, you know, fucking over enunciate when I'm actually working with the kids, and you know, right, right. Oh, we can curse tougher. on this, right? We can curse on this podcast. We certainly can. Oh, okay, okay. We okay. we let it go. Because when, when I had a when I when I let it go when I had a radio show, uh, WBIR Columbia, there was like a list of the things we weren't allowed to say. Oh my goodness! You hosted your own college I radio show. I did when I was in grad oh. school. I went to Teachers College at Columbia Diana, University. You are my idol. I went to Teachers College at Columbia University, and that was grad school. And I thought, like grad school, like college, 
I should have joined an activity right. to meet people. Right. But I didn't realize in grad school, people don't give a shit about meeting other people. Right. But I'm like, I'm here to make, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be paying like $60,000 for this education. I'm getting some friends out of this. I had. And connections. So I had a radio show, which Brilliant. did not make me any friends because you're alone in a basement at Barnard by yourself. But I did. I had my own college radio show. I love it. In grad school, though. So it wasn't as cool. But it said, like, do not say, like, piss, shit, fuck, pussy. Like, what, like the C, the you C put the, word. You put, you, put the, you put the seven words, George Carlin's famous yes, seven that's words up there. Yeah, it was, like, it was, like, it was in, like, a neon poster yeah, that they, like, yeah. bought the paper from Staples or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, right above the booth. Amazeballs. Yes. Uh, what did you play on your radio show? Um... It was 2008 at the time, uh-huh. and I remember MGMT just came out, remember MGMT? Oh. And I'm actually one of the first people that ever played MGMT Hells on yes. the radio ever. I, like, because I was still cool then, That's and I was fabulous. still listening to... Uh, seriously. I was still listening to, like... I still was going to, like, Virgin Megastore and, like, listening to CDs, like, in the CD, you know, like, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still doing yeah. that, and that's how I, like, decided Those if I like communal liking... headphones yes, that yes. everybody put on. I did on. that at Times Square all the time, and that's when I, I, that's how I discovered a lot of my music, and I found their CD, and I'm like, wow, these guys are, like, really cool, and I played them, and I realized, and I got, a lot, actually, a lot of response, like, wow, who was that? And I'm like, it's MGMT. So, MGMT, if you're listening... Yeah, I made hit you. Us up. I made you famous. Hit us up. I made you famous. You're, you've you've now officially we're been not, outed. We're not fated to pretend anymore. Right, Diana has. We're not kids. No, nope. I'm gonna use all the titles of your songs <laughs> until you contact me. They're touring right now. We can go see MGMT and let them know. Let's that, do it. Let's that, go. You you and me, Gabe. That I'm, you're the boss. You run the I'm show. I'm all. I'm all. Do you know when I went to an OK Go concert with Lily, <laughs> who is no. another teacher that we know? Uh, we went to an OK Go concert, and they asked people to go up on stage at the end of the final number. Yeah. And, like, everyone was like, are you sure? Are you... you know OK Go, they do, like, really, you know, like, they've, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've like, shot music videos and planes right. that were falling at, like, thousands of miles an hour, and they do, they've done their Rube Goldberg and the treadmills. The treadmills. The treadmills are the most famous. Sure, yeah. So but everyone seemed really confused, and Lily, who like really is like carpe diem seizes the moment kind of girl, she's like, "Let's go!" And we just like went up on stage at the MGMT concert, and it was our profile picture like forever. Perfect. Of us on the I don't stage. Know why that ever needs with to okay change. With OK Go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway. Right. That is winning. This is not the intro we planned over pizza in Gabriel's kitchen, but it, it's it's fine. Diana, I, we don't we don't like to announce that there's any plans going into the going into the <laughs> pod. This is a this is a loose improvisational style podcast with absolutely no outline so, or thought whatsoever. What, what was our next topic? It well, was... before we go on to that, it's funny that you you looked for socialization and friends in grad school because I did the same thing. Oh yeah. When I went to Sarah Lawrence for college for undergrad. I joined a club, right? We had like our orientation week. There were all these clubs in grad school. In no, in undergrad. Oh, in undergrad, there were yeah. all these clubs like right. out on the quad, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. presenting themselves. I and went to I school joined... in New York City. It was in the um, like the hallway, but yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah, right. Yeah. There was no quad. No, no. But I, I found, of course, a a bike club that I thought called like Crank Up or like Crank It or something. And I thought, okay, these are my people. That's definitely I'm, a spin class. I'm so on the into biking, yeah. right? Of course it is now. <laughs> it is. It's yeah, totally. 
But yeah. <laughs> and I went. I remember being sold by them on their on their booth and whatever. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And our first they're meeting. They're trifold. Our, they're tri- yeah, they're, they're trifold. Tri- tri- like they're trifold presentation. Board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, science class. This is the yeah. science fair right. board. And, AKA science and I went to the first, board. I went to the first meeting, which was held behind, uh, behind the art studio, like at like nine o'clock on a Thursday, which I should have thought was weird from the jump. But then, <laughs> <laughs> then to make it PM, even weirder, PM, PM okay. nobody had their bikes. There was no discussion of bikes. In fact, it was really just an excuse for people to get drunk at this but like eight people who their only thing in common was they liked bikes. Okay. And like somehow I had stumbled onto this thing. I had a friend there who was like a junior at the time. And he was like, yeah, Gabe, like, I don't know why you like came to this. And I was like, well, I thought it was a bike club. And that just was not the case at all. Uh, that story went nowhere. But suffice it to no, say, no, I wasn't no. at Sarah Lawrence the next year. But false advertising in bike clubs did not go over well right. for me. So, so my advice to you, anyone that's applying to grad school, there's no such thing as making friends or clubs. I have one friend. No, from, I have one not friend from grad school. I I met a I'm lot impressed. of. I'm I met a lot of lovely. I met a lot of lovely people at Teachers College. Um, I was twenty eight. When I 27 when I started grad school and I was the oldest person in my program, mm. which is totally insane. It's bananas. It is bananas. And I said, does anyone have life experience here? But anyway, you I didn't I, have you didn't have career changers at, at Teachers College. We had like school? two, okay. and I and I liked those women. Well, we right. Had, we had two because um, they were the ones with the life experience. Right, 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 right. And they both ended up at like success or something, and yeah. like quit teaching immediately. Right, <laughs> uh, but. Um, I, where was I going with that? No, so I, it, it, I, Don't go to school to make friends. Go to school to go to school. It was just strange. Like, I had assumed that grad school was a thing you did after you went out in the world for a couple of years, because I took a four-year break in between college and grad school. I thought grad school was a thing, like, you go out, you go do what you, like, I worked, I did, I, my career path had nothing to do with teaching. I actually worked in the fashion industry. Right. When I left college i said i have a bfa in theater useless then i worked in fashion because i have like a knack for i have an eye and i'm creative and i can use a sewing machine which i taught myself how to do with some a few lessons from my grandmother and and then and then i was like i was just always good with kids which is why i went to grad school in the first place but i figured like okay everyone but no one had life experience right some people hadn't even, and I was already teaching in after school by the time I got there. Most of these people had not even stepped into a classroom since they were in a classroom. Right. So it was just like a weird, I'm like, huh, you're investing all this money. Because Columbia University, my friends, is not cheap. You're investing all this money in something you don't even know if you're sure that you want to do. I at least worked in after school for a couple of years in public schools in New York before I decided Hey, I really, I was teaching drama in the Bronx. Like I was running a drama club in the Bronx. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. I like this. But there's these these 23 year olds that are like, I'm going to be a teacher because kids are so cute. And guess what? I'll tell you, I follow all those girls on Instagram. And I say girls, (laughs) I say girls because it's, 
It was element. It was but an we, elementary program. But and we let's, mean women with a Y. We, we mean, understand we mean that. Wi- not girls. I'm sorry. We mean women. Women with These a Y women, wearing pink pussy there, hats. There we was, all get it. Yes, there was. This program was mostly women. Right. There was about three men there in the elementary curriculum and teaching program at Columbia, and. They were never allowed to take class And they were together. like, kids were so cute. I just love them. And like, guess what? I follow all these girls on Instagram. What are they doing now? None Diana? of them live in New York. And and like... Are they none all Instagram of, models? None of them are teachers. One of, the, one of them actually bumped into in a bar like last year. And I really liked her. I did my final thesis project with her. She organizes closets. <laughs> Like on TaskRabbit or as no, a professional? No, no. She has like a com- she has like a company where she goes to your apartment or your home and like helps you organize it, which makes so much sense as a teacher. Right. Because teachers, most teachers' classrooms, I'm not going to say most. I'm a type B personality, so this my is not going to apply to me. But my classroom you, you are always very organized. impeccable. Yes. Like if there's a tour group coming in, my head of school knows that at any time she can blow through my room with the in, tour. In fact, because the, my boards will be updated. In fact, my I pencils wanna, will be in the pencil box. I like, want to put it out there right now, and I want everybody <laughs> listening at home to know that before I go into next September, whatever classroom I'm in, I want you to come by and do an organization. I I will contract you. You can have the, whatever you ask for, but it would be worth it to have you come and do my cubbies, all my bins. I am more than happy shit. to do that. Yeah. I, it's on. I go with my sister every it's year. On. I go with my sister. My sister is also a teacher, but she's an art teacher in an elementary school, which is like a totally different beast than a classroom teacher. But I do try to go with my sister every year to help her set up because it's so much fun to organize art supplies. It's got to be. That's got to be the best. You know what's That's funny? That's got to be heaven for it, organizational it's people. It's awesome. And yeah. my sister has was a messy, messy kid. Messy. Her room was a horrid place. But now it's like the most organized teacher I've ever met. So you, you've hit on something that I think is really and interesting. And I also like redoing teachers that have been teaching for 25 years. Yeah. And like just to fuck with them and, and see do- if they can find things. No, no, no. Things no. I've done that where I've worked with teachers that have worked for like in one room for like longer than I've been alive, and then I redo the room and like and they've kept it. Right. Like there's a teacher that you well, and that, I know. Well, that who, right who, there who, who had, is a testament to your skill and talent. There's a teacher that I know that we both know. We, yes. We, we you know we're not mentioning names here, but had some problems with organization. We taught together. I redid the classroom, and I have confirmation, and we taught four years ago, I have confirmation that her room is exactly the way I left it, in that organized, I had clear bins with stuff so she can see when she takes it out, and the stuff on the high shelves is the stuff you only need for like the art show once a year, and I have confirmation that she has kept it exactly that way since I left four years ago. You've hit on something that I think is really interesting that like most people I think wouldn't know about teachers just even from like being students or even people like working in the teaching field unless you've been around as long as we have and and seen it all right Uh across the board in different schools and different settings and whatever which is that like there are people there are people one in teaching who who went into it just completely blind. Right. 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 I've never I'm worked with kids. I'm not one of those people. I, right. I don't know if this is going to be for me and somehow I'm going to make this investment and I'm going to choose this and like that's a terrifying like tightrope walk. That's why that I think the New York City something people don't get. 
That's why I think the New York City Teaching Fellows Program is the biggest failure the city has ever done. Wow. Because I know a lot of teachers. And if anyone, if you're not familiar with the New York City Teaching Fellows, it's basically a program where you're like some Wall Street broker or some lawyer or whatever you are. Whatever you used to be. Some hedge fund D-bag. And you like feel like, oh, I want to be a teacher now. You get burnt out in that thing, right, like ruining other people's lives. And you right, decide right. you want like a karma boost. Right. So you can apply to this program called the New York City Teaching Fellows. Sure. It's very similar to, I guess, AmeriCorps. Uh, Teach for America. Teach for America. Sorry. It's but just it's like ju- Teach for America. But but just for New York. And so basically they, they pay for your two-year master's degree. So you're... Working on your master's degree in education, they're paying for it while you're teaching in a. Um, I don't like to say I don't use the words inner city because it's it's actually derogatory. I don't use the words um, like uh, uh, what are some of the words they use for these schools like urban inner, inner city inner city urban. urban is another one. I just want to say that these schools are at less, risk is another one at risk. They I hate, love at risk. I fucking hate they all love it. these words. I'm going starving. To s- How about starving? Yes. How starving. about third world? Yeah, I'm gonna say. <laughs> How um, about homicidally challenged? It's that's another nobody's one. fault, but the city itself. Well, and these are unfortunate, obviously. unfortunate schools. That's what they are. I like that. These are unfortunate it's like schools. A, it's like a because, series of unfortunate events. Right. They're just unfortunate. because guess what? You think the whole New York City public school system is equal? Mm-mm-mm. There are some people that are fortunate, and there are some people that are unfortunate. So these are some unfortunate schools, mainly in neighbor uh, neighborhoods that, you know, white people do not live in. Yeah, and they put you in these schools. Usually, we call those pre-gentrified yeah. areas <laughs> of New York City. Pre-gentrified areas. That's perfect. Pre-gentrified areas in New York City, where these and they usually throw you into sixth grade math or science. Right, and they just see what you can do now. I think what from what I've read, it's an eighty-five percent dropout rate. I believe it. Teachers last two years total. The right. t- they get their master's degree and they get out because these are schools that have no hope because they have no support. Right. They are overcrowded. Right. They are large classroom sizes. And let me tell you something. I am a huge. There's like some kind of mom group that's called like smallclassizes.org or something. <laughs> and I fully believe that the key to success in teaching is small class sizes. It's not about the money. It's not about the demographic. Wait, it's not about the socioeconomic Diana, background. It's not about the, the resources. It's not even about the resources. It's not about what books you read them or the vocabulary. It should you use. be 15 kids or less in whatever setting you're in. And even 12 would be even better. That's my opinion. So you're saying having 25 to 32, which is a standard class size in New York City, to one teacher, maybe even one teacher, and, and, an, and, a, and student a student teacher, teacher or an assistant, who's who we can really just call a copy bitch at this point because B- we know that's yeah, what they are, is BS. A Xerox, a Xerox flunky. So that's what I think the key is. Is small class sizes. All right, so I just wanna... so anyway, they give you yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. I want to elucidate two things because because you're 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 hitting on it all. The only difference I've heard so far between Teach for America 
and I know and, nothing about Teach for America, and that's fine. I know enough. And and NYC Teaching Fellows is that you're saying at NYC Teaching Fellows they actually do earn their masters, whereas at Teach for America you take a six week certification course in whatever backwater state they're gonna send you to, and then they just drop you in the deep end. Yeah. And what's even worse to me about Teach for America is. And and I'm not I'm not gonna argue which one is the worst program. To me, they right. both they both suck eggs. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that deeper because this is this is rich gold material you've hit on, <laughs> Diana. But they've also they have these is programs for the, doctors. The other like, it's crazy. The other terrifying thing about Teach for America is the difference there is they'll take you from whatever state you came from and went to undergraduate in, right? and they'll drop you in any state that needs it. Whereas we're saying here in New York, NYC Teaching Fellows will just move you borough to borough, district to district. They're in Teach for America, they'll put you in Denver, even though you used to live in Pittsburgh. So right. now they've ripped you from your entire support system. Right. You have no friends. You know nobody in the city that you're in. And you're teaching fifth grade humanities, which you've never taught before. Right, and know nothing and about. Know and you know nothing, and you know nothing and about child development or child psychology. But what did you do? You wrote a great motherfucking essay for yeah. Teach for America. Like, so they I love you up. kids, and I really want to like do something for the people. Like, my friend got suckered in. Okay, the one Teach for America case I know is now. I don't know if the general public knows this. But Hawaii has, no, I'm not kidding, has one of the worst school systems in the country. Even I didn't know that. So Hawaii, I think the general public is so, missing this so, piece. So she saw Teach for America in Hawaii. Oh my God. And she was like, this she is. She must have. She must have wet herself. Fucking amazing. She must have pissed herself. I can fucking teach third grade Hawaii. Like, like. I'm doing the little surfs up thing with my hands right now. It's hang a pot- ten, hang bro, ten, Maui style. Yeah, like, and I can have like fucking margaritas every day and teach these kids math. I can eat spam at McDonald's so, all I want. So Hawaii is is a resort. It's much like how you how places in the Caribbean. It's yeah. these beautiful resort places, and then outside of it, it's the fucking ghetto. And Hawaii has a huge drug problem. Oh my god. Like, huge. So, you're basically teaching, like, crack babies in Hawaii. It's And and she also said, like, once you're on your one island, you're on your one island. And people don't yeah. drive to other islands yeah. to hang out. Or, like, she said she lasted till December and she came back to New York. Yeah. She didn't even last the year. Didn't even make And I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to do Teach for America in Hawaii? That's f- so cool. So, no. this is... So, 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 not only... Hawaii has the... We need to fix you, Hawaii. We got to fix we, Hawaii. We, we, we got your back. We think you have amazing teaching because like like Lilo and Stitch and like surfing and palm trees and coconuts and macaws, but we got you. We're going to we're gonna try to fix your well, school it's, system. It's not dissimilar. I, I'm going to put it out there and uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a U.S. history major and I don't pretend to know that much right. about these things. Love but, history. Know nothing about it. But... But I think it's clear, based on what you're saying, that we have a real problem, the United States as a country, with handling our island business, right? Like, Puerto Rico, <laughs> Definitely. fucking disaster. Dude, our island. Hawaii, fucking disaster. The only good one's Guam, Long Island. Guam and American Samoa, fucking disasters. Like, Long, Long Island shit is, is good. not good in these places. Manhattan's Long good. Island, 
Got it. But you know what? There, there's some bad places in Long Island. Three Mile too. Island. Don't got it. <laughs> like, we're not good at our island business. We're we're batting. Bad we're island batting business. like you know five so, on this. Like not even five hundred. Just so, five. So what we're saying is. Me and Gabriel as teachers will fix the islands one child at a time. No child left behind. Or Yo, dumb no, no islands dumb, left behind. Dolcrans is all about no islands no. left behind. No, no island is an island, you know? No man is an island. No island is an island. You You're know all a part of the U.S. This is so deep right now, I can't yeah. even... <laughs> All right, so this we're going was, places. This is okay. So we had an outline. I don't, you know, none of you believe this, but we had an outline. We're off the outline. You're you're missing the point. You <laughs> don't try to go back to the map, Diana. This is what people say. Not about only, me. not only, not only are you are you correct in that there's an eighty five percent dropout rate, right? There's no retention for, for NYC teaching fellows, right? So the city's but, paying all this money for people to go to like Baruch. Or Mercy yeah, College, yeah. or uh, Lehman, or, or whatever. They're right. you know they're not they're not going to TC. They're not going to Hunter. Wait, they're paying these people to go to school. They're paying them as teachers, which is what the starting what's the starting rate for a public school teacher? About forty five thousand. No, I think it's fifty four with the. It masters. might be fifty four. I think you're right with a masters. Yeah. Oh, with a masters, fifty four. I think yeah. they start them at the masters rate because they're getting it. Sure. So they. Start I don't know. Them at 54. This is. I don't know what the. This is not. This is fake news. But you I don't can't, know. No, no, no. I. They start them at fifty something, and you can't earn your first bump as a public school teacher until five years in. So they're not guaranteed a with raise. With the masters or without? Even with a masters, oh, okay. you don't get your first because that first five year bump is a serious bump. This is why I can never move to public school. I can't so, move like this. So we're saying that after two years, after they get their masters, these people drop out and do something else. Right. Even though they now have a teaching masters, right? An MSED. They, they, or there or or yes, or an MA, or they or they have a what's called an initial certification. Which means they are and they can teach for up to five years until they get a professional certificate. So Diana, would it? But getting a professional certificate in New York City after you get the initial is like, like NBD. It's would it? Would not it? Not a big deal. Would it's it? Very easy. Would it surprise you if I told you that Teach for America basically the same rate? In fact, probably worse. Sure. They have, they have a three-year mandatory commitment. Right. You're supposed to stay for three years, and and after that, it's do whatever you want. Right. And like you're saying with your example, people quit mid-year, people leave after the three years, or and two, they basically two, have no, two for or news, two because it takes two years well, to get two the for fellows, two for fellows. But for Teach for America, my understanding was it's three, and that the and that the the government bodies that oversee these things they think that's a success because to them the idea is we just need bodies and we don't care if you stay around. You know, we've given you what we think is a fair shake, and right. we just need. Basically, what we're, what they're doing is they're paying, they're overpaying by like, I don't know, 150% for substitute teachers, right? Because right. they're not only paying them a decent salary. Oh, substitute teachers salary. make more money. If you were a substitute teacher <laughs> in New York City and you work every single day, you work all 181. 80, yeah, I have 180 at my school in private. I think but in if, public, it's 81. If, yeah. if you work all 181 days, you are making probably three times more Jesus than, than a, yeah, 
hourly, right? What, it, it's like 150 a day, right? Something so, like that. It's yeah. like 150 a day for a sub. Yeah. And if you work every day, granted, like your job sucks because kids treat you like shit. Your job sucks. Because you're the sub. Because kids treat you like shit. And also, having been a sub before, it is it is hell not knowing if you're going to work the next day. Because oh, you I basically would never no want to be a sub. I you would have be no terrified. Life. You don't. You terrified. don't go to sleep knowing if you're going to work the next day, so you can't really like go out and have right. a good time. Like, can I have this you extra drink? You can't like stay up all night playing video games or like you know no. go on a date or something. Like you just sort of go I to sleep. I might have to work tomorrow. I might have to work I tomorrow. Mi- is it sixth grade? Is it kindergarten? Right. Is it pre-K? I don't know. Is it in this borough? Is it in this <laughs> district? Do I have to take five buses? I don't know. But here's. I want to touch upon something you were just saying. Like, you were saying with Teach for America, you teach, they don't care if you teach three years. That's enough for them. They've but gotten what they wanted out of you. I have literally, okay. They I, gave them a six week training camp, a boot camp similar to AmeriCorps or something like that. They use them, abuse them, they spit them it's out, so stupid. and you're gone. Because here's the thing I'm in my mid 30s. I started teaching when I was 29 years well okay I started teaching when I was like 21 but like in auxiliary programming you know like after school drama clubs you know art classes you know camp and then I started full-time teaching when I was 29 I'm now in my ninth year full-time teaching in New York City I've only done private school and I still don't know what I think I should know you're never gonna like. It's my ninth year, and I still feel like a first year teacher because I'm. You're constantly learning. Like, there's no way that in three years or even two years you're gonna know even a smidgen. Me, your classroom management by then should be on fleek. But aside from that, there's always a new. There's everyday math, Turk math, this math, Singapore math. Like, there's all these curriculums. Which is the best one? I don't know. How are you going to teach handwriting? Are you going to do, you're going to do Danielian font, which is what I do now. Do you know what that is? I didn't know what that fucking was until I started the school. You're going to do handwriting without tears, which is like the hot, like, you don't, like, it's so crazy. So Diana, I told you, <laughs> I told you when you were first talking about going to teacher's college. Yeah. And how. Oh, and then Lucy Calkins, how, that's another one. And how there were, there were, you know, different people with either no experience or mm-hmm. some experience, but no life experience. How the I had two points, and the first point was that there are people who are going blindly into this and have no right. idea what they're doing, right. like NYC teaching fellows, dwayne, dwayne, like dwayne. Teach for America. But the other point that you brought up for me that I think is really important is that can you think of a more diverse group of people than teachers, right? You talked about going into teaching, no. and you were already a BFA in one thing. You were already an expert, you know, in fashion and vision and this stuff. Right, right, right. You already had all these other skills, right? Right. And maybe you didn't know if you I were going to be a actress. great teacher, but you're yeah. bringing you're bringing all these other talents to the table and all these other skills. And everybody, to me, in teaching, they're not all great at the same thing. They're not all the same person. And like sometimes you don't even know that person's hidden talent until like five sometimes years in. Sometimes you don't even know if they're a good teacher, right? and they might be a shitty fucking teacher. It's we like don't even you're know. not. You're in your own room doing your own thing. <laughs> they could be a total piece of shit as a teacher, <laughs> but you're like, oh my god, there's so much fun at happy hour. Oh my god, there's so the much worst. fun at happy hour. Oh my god, they are the best at making bulletin boards. I fucking and love her bulletin board every room, year. You observe in their room, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, you don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> oh, this is not what I thought. No, um, 
No, I I worked. It's, it's okay, fascinating. I've, I've worked in okay in the nine years that I've been teaching in New York City full time. Well, okay, let's just talk about in the fifteen years I've been teaching total, I've worked in three schools full time, and about four or five schools part time. Yeah, the part time schools are all in public. The three that I've been working in full time are private, and it's always like this amazing group of people and increasingly more men in low, the lower education grades and I'm talking like preschool and kindergarten as the years have been going on I, I've worked in schools with no men and now I'm like I worked in school with no men pretty much last year yeah and now all of a sudden there's like all these dudes I'm like thank God we need like some of you around here we're all, we're all about dudes in too school too much here. freaking women all about dudes in school oh sometimes it's just too many women listen you can have too many men you can have too many women it's gotta have a good that's mix. why I don't believe in all boy all girl schools because that's not how like the world works at some point we you're have never to gonna be... you're never gonna be like with only boys there's a kindergarten teacher at my school who taught six years in an all girl school and I'm like that's not reality it's kind of like if somebody only learned how to drive on one way streets right. and then was suddenly let loose on the highway what would they do? They'd have a panic attack my dad, and kill themselves. They'd dad, drive right into oncoming traffic willfully because right. they were tired of it. They were already tired of it, it as soon as they got on sense. the on-ramp. Uh, Single-sex schools make no sense to me. My father went to a really prestigious all-boys Catholic school in Long Island. And, like, I, at high school, I'm like, that's just cruel. Yeah. I'm like, that's just mean to yeah. just put a bunch of high school boys together. Ugh. Like... Whatever their sexual orientation was in the seventies, whatever their sexual orientation was in the seventies, whatever when my dad went, like it doesn't matter. Like it's just weird because that's not how the world works. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? Oh, men school having more men in schools. You've worked in so many schools and you've seen so many different people, <laughs> right, right? But so I, many I, different but educators, yes, diver- and types very of diverse. People. And like, I think. All right, so here's my okay. Should we get into my history now or? or? Uh, yeah, go okay, for it. Okay, okay. So I um, so I started off. Um, my history with children is uh, in college. I worked in Disney World um, on an internship, and I, that was my first real exposure to children. Yeah. Like as an adult. Yeah. Granted, I was nineteen years old, but I really realized that I really liked interacting with kids. Right. Not like exclusively or like, you know, and like, a like I still could socialize with adults. Right. You know, there's just some people that can mm-hmm. like only talk to kids and can't talk to adults. And there's teachers like that. F. Scott Fitzgerald is my favorite author. And in his story, The Crack Up, which not many people have read, he talks about having... I've not read it. He talks about basically having a nervous breakdown probably because Zelda was driving him crazy. Okay. And how at that point he couldn't he couldn't relate to adults at all okay. and he couldn't talk to them but that he and 8-year-old children got along so famously well and i've well. seen adults like this and then he eventually rebounded and was able to like readjust to again. society okay. but right. like that yeah like you you can do both you can and you can also find yourself that weird person that can only relate to kids for a short and it's period a of strange. time it's and a it's a little strange, strange. <laughs> Don't get me uh, wrong. It's a little strange. Um, so, I, and I realized that I had a knack with kids. And then, you know, I was studying theater in school. 
Um, and I wanted to be an actress. That was like, I guess, you know, that was what I wanted. But I re- realized very quickly I did not want to be an actress. But I was still always good with kids. So w- when you're... you got to take on acting at Disney. In, right, right. Know... Sure, sure. And when you act with and when you and when you're a like pseudo almost failed actress giving up in her mid 20s, what do you do? You teach drama classes to kids. Phenomenal. Right? So yes. that's what I did. And I realized I was better at that than I was as an actress. Sure. Um, and I was doing, like, I was working at this place, which is now defunct. It was called Drama Zone on 86th Street. And I worked there, like, every day. And I did, like, after school. And, like, you know, we would do, like, improv with, like, seven-year-olds. We made, like, little movies. I had a blast. Uh, the image of, the, the dan- of young Diana doing improv with seven-year-olds. The is dance, now my the dance thing. teacher from Drama Zone was at my wedding. Okay, oh, like yeah. we still we still have brunch like once a year. So anyway, so we um, so that's when I was like, okay, but I was working at Fat in Fashion, and I thought like, oh, maybe I'll like this. I'm like, forget it. Like that, I that that was a soul sucking industry that I was not into. And so then that's when I was, that's when I decided to go to grad school for teaching. And cause I was working in after school, I was doing more, dra- I was running a drama club in a, in a, uh, South Bronx middle school. This is, this is of course, it all, it's all making sense. It's all clicking for me now. This is why RuPaul's Drag Race is your favorite show of all time, oh, right? Because my favorite show of all time, it's a mix of fashion and it's also Ru teaching drag queens how to be performance how to be drag and how to be bitches i'm touching gabe's arm because he's right like i'm realizing all about rue educating and the judges educating you get a rue education or whatever because everything is a rue like let's get get a master there's the reveal a master's in drag in rue drag um loving it that's the tea uh so that's so funny. No, RuPaul's drag. It's true. I am. Um, I don't like the word fag hag. I prefer fruit fly. Fruit fly. Ugh. Um, oh, resident fruit fly of the show, Diana. Uh, I have always been, uh, and maybe that's part of the drama club yeah, aspect yeah, yeah. of my high school. Like, gay boys always felt comfortable with me. Yeah. I didn't go to the prom with the single boy who was not in the closet. Right. You know, it was just. This is just one of those things, and. Um, and now it's, it's now there, I'm going to say like when I go out to bars, uh, nine out of the 10 bars I go to are LGBTQIA (laughs) establishments. You have, we have all the initials on the, no, I always say LGBTQIA (laughs) queer, intersex and asexual and Lady Bunny says asexual. Why do we have them? <laughs> They're not fun. Why did why did we get those people? Yeah, yeah. They should, you but want it, them to have their own club? I don't know. You want to leave the, you want to leave A out in the club? Yeah, no. I, I think asexuals is an interest. I think maybe A is like the letter Y, right? It's sometimes a vowel, but sometimes not. It's sometimes no, a part of asexual, LGBT. And it's sometimes its own thing. And I don't we know. Don't, Asexual don't know is do. its own thing, meaning like you don't want to have sex with anybody. But there are a lot of asexuals in relationships with other people for long periods of time, but they do not have sex. Isn't that a fascinating thing? It is. Yeah. I think it's very fascinating. 
We're going to save that for later. We're going to go back to your, okay. your, your back but story. But I do always say LGBTQI, right? That's the LGBTQIA. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to leave those people out. You're hitting it. Um, full love, full respect. Full, full, yeah. full. It's it's not about, you know, it's your sister's CIS. Oh, we're going, we're going all cyst? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. shouldn't be, because there are, what do they call those people that are anti- um, that are gay friendly but anti-trans. They, they there's a word for them. Jesus Christ. There's so many words for everything no, now. There's they're 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 called something. Please. The term is um a TERF, which stands for trans exclusive radical feminists. So these are women that go to the wear the pussy hats. Yeah. Like the pink pussy hats. Yeah. Go to the go to the rallies. Yeah. They're like super. They're super LGBT yeah. allies. They're this. They're that. But they think that trans women are not real women. Eat a fucking dick. And that they should. And that they're only fighting for rights for biological women and not trans women. And they're, so they're called trans exclusive radical feminist turf. So this one, a subgroup of radical feminists that are strongly opposed to transgendered identities experiences and rights so i'm gonna put this one out there bear with me diana yes. i'm gonna put this one out there but i with... saw this at the march this year and i didn't know that this was a thing i didn't know women were going out and were like like no trans people suck or whatever i'm like what like... i'm i'm gonna put this out there in in my my full dull crayons honesty mode here and this is this is with respect in regards to my mother okay sure sure that um I hope that uh, turf and everybody feeling turf choke and fucking die. Okay. That's it. That's fine. Because that's uh, that's a stupid fucking opinion for them to take. I think it's closed minded and I it's probably I I don't want to assume the kind of people that these, you know. I don't want to assume because I don't want to give them a second thought. Okay. It's not even worth it to imagine what sort of upbringing you have to have or what kind of abuses you have to go through or right. your religious affiliations. I That's don't care. I, I, if, I you're shutting, like it, if you're shutting other people down, if, if you... Wait a second. I'm sorry. Diana, let's, <laughs> let's back up for one second. Can equality be at all partial or prejudice? Can equality... Wait. Can equality be at all partial or prejudice? No. No. So then... Your so, so then I had to repeat the question. Yeah, that's because so, it was this fucking SAT question. The way that I phrased it, I got it. a ten ten on those. So, I, I fucking which phrased means it. I wrote my name like a correctly. perfect analogy. But so if you're gonna be if you're gonna be equal about feminism or pretend to be equal about feminism and like wages wage gap and all this shit, but you're gonna hold other people unequal, then fuck you. You're not equal at all, right. and your your right. your privilege is showing, and like bullshit. Yeah. I call bullshit call on bullshit. that. Call bullshit. So turf, and for me, what's upsetting is they shouldn't even get a name. We shouldn't even be giving a name to these people. We should be referring to them as I, like I don't know if those... they like. I'm like, do they like that name? I don't or know. Do they not like that name? Like, I don't know. That's I don't thing. know. Well, if they don't like it, call them it more. If they like it, we're done with them. So we're gonna be right back with the snack report and snack more, report and more about more from First Lady of the Pod Diana. Right, and we also I have a I have a lot more to say about education. We're not done. <laughs> we're don't, not done. Don't go anywhere. This is gonna Diana. be a good one. This is the best episode you've ever had. <laughs> Yo, 
best episode of the pod. Come back soon. And in double overtime, Little Rock is moving on. What's that like to be that team that just busted everyone's bracket? Um, well, I think Obama's bracket is still intact. Um, hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Dull Crans. Uh, coming to you with a little bit of somber news. Um, the organizers of the event um, discussed it, and uh, unfortunately, because of the very, very poor, undeserving quality of most of the Sweets Quadrant, a lot were automatically disqualified. Um, only the Mocha Pop-Tart um, and the Cinnamon Donut uh, Chips Ahoy uh, successfully made it through. Um, but then the Mocha Pop-Tart turns out was doping. So uh, by default, the Cinnamon Donut Chips Ahoy takes the category. Uh, we feel that this hurts the integrity of the entire uh, March Snack Madness, but uh, hopefully the rest of the games will, will live up to our lofty expectations. Thank you and good night.